0: You're listening to Ask the Expert on Sprott
1: Money News. Happy holidays from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is December 2023, and it is time for your monthly Ask the Expert segment. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us this month is an old friend of Sprott Money, an old friend of Eric Sprott, and I've been doing this for so long now. He's an old friend of mine, too, Bob Thompson. (laughs) Bob is a senior portfolio manager at Raymond James in Vancouver, and it's always fun to have him on for these shows. Bob, good to see you, my friend.
0: Great to see you again, Craig, and looking forward to year end here where we can forget about things for a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, Yeah. see about that. (laughs) Um, Remind me, I I was thinking, just thinking to myself right now, there are a number of things we got to talk about. Uh, I hope I got to ask you some point about tax law selling. Um, Tell it, but as we get started, Uh, I want to remind everybody about Sprout Money, okay, the sponsor of all of this content. If you want to buy yourself some sound money, before Christmas even, but in the holiday season, you want to pass along some education, some sound money, go to SproutMoney.com. They've got all kinds of great gift ideas still. You can call them up as well at 888-861-0775. And um, maybe, again, educate. Don't just give a gift card. What good are those? How about a silver round? You can explain the value, you know, and what it is and how it's been money for millennia. And um, is a lasting gift that keeps giving the whole year, Clark. Um, all right, Bob, um, let's start with where we are here in the middle part of December. It has been quite the roller coaster for the last couple of weeks. What do, what do you make of all this?
0: It has. It has. And just to comment on something you said about, you know, when each of my sons were born, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. The year they were born, I bought a, a gold coin for them for that year, and uh, I gave it. I, I gave it to them. They're five and three, and it kind of gets chucked over the shoulder right now because they want to <laughs> get their cars and trucks. But anyway, they'll enjoy it over time, and I'm sure that gold coin will be worth a lot more um, than it is right now. And when when they go to when they go to college, but I thought that was a kind of a neat idea. Or, you know, the silver coins are great too. A, a Canadian Royal Mint, Royal Canadian Mint here in Canada, has ones that celebrate the birth of a baby. So you can actually, you can give them, um, you know, something for their year and it has a little baby on it and things like that. So it's, nice. it's great. Uh, and, and also you can get those through Sprout money. No problem. Absolutely. So, yeah. Good. So yeah, the last couple of weeks, you know, um, I think the last couple of weeks, two things have shocked me. <laughs> One is that we could go from euphoria around the beginning of December and push through all the highs and people were, You know, pretty excited about that with with gold to having an outside reversal, which in technical analysis is not a good thing to happen. Um, Gold then gets crushed down in price. The shorts are, are growing rapidly. The banks are all going short to gold and to silver. And then you have the Fed come out with something a little more dovish than I guess people are expecting. I think you and I are expect we're expecting that we know what's going to happen. But anyway, the market wasn't expecting the Fed to be so dovish, and now everybody in the last two days is getting all euphoric again, all within the span of two weeks. So talk about a talk about a push pull. So that's the first thing that's, that's that's stunning. And the second thing, which is actually related, um, that shocked me is that people actually even pay attention to the Fed anymore, like. Why, why are why are we sitting here paying attention to everything the Fed is saying? You know, two years ago, two years ago, June of 2021, the Fed dot plot was for 2023 that the Fed funds rate was going to be 0.75 percent in 2023. That was that was two years ago. Now, how could you be more wrong? But but it's actually been the same for the last 10 years since the since 2008. Every single time the dot plot is so crazy wrong from what actually happens. And 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 but but we're all still believing it. I don't know. I don't know why. So that's
1: it's a, too two shocking little, thing. They're a little <laughs> bit like uh, your local, I should be politically correct, weather person. Uh, right. <laughs> in my day, they were just a weatherman. But it's like the weatherman. They're trying to predict what is essentially a chaotic system. Mm, right. That's right. But they they come out and they try to predict, and then you know, like we hold the weatherman in some kind of high esteem. Well, you know, he's the highest rated weatherman in our local market, right? Right. The, the media all holds these people in esteem, like they're some omnipotent demigods, like they've seen the future, and that's not true.
0: You know, it's funny there that it's is. Um, I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, and I, I took some mathematics in my past days, and what I what I like to equate this is is this is like this huge multi-variable equation that they're trying to forecast so you have this huge equation with all these variables well all these very vari- in order to solve for one variable you have to make assumptions for every other variable right and those assumptions are dependent upon other variables right so you realize how complex that system is you, right. you, you really can't now you, you know how things are going to turn out at the end of the line but to make um some sort of um, forecast in the near term is is bad and with the weather you know I live in Vancouver here right you never know what's going to happen on a daily basis. Right. But, and and if you're right, you're, it's more luck than anything else. Right. But you can say that in Vancouver, it will rain more in the winter than it will rain in the summer. Right. And you'll be correct all the time on that. Right. But the day to day, you don't know. Right. And I think that's the same with what you, what, what you just said. Why listen to the fed in the short run, look out 18 months and say, what's the weather going to be in July of 2024. It's probably going
1: to be pretty good. Yeah. Well, let's do that, Bob. We we sit here now, middle of December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spot gold price is up about 11% year to date, which is right in line with the average annual gain this century, going back mm-hmm. to the year. I mean, you can always cherry pick dates and all that kind of stuff. But if we just start at the year 2000, gold's on average in dollar terms gone up a little over 9% every single year. Mm-hmm. So oh. we're right on track, like a normal, you know, average year would be now we head into 2024 with all this uncertainty that you're talking about. Um, But at the same time, the charts look pretty good. And, you know, you and I have talked for years about there's so little interest in our sector, whether it's for holding the precious metal, you know, as money that people should be doing, or even just buying the mining shares. There's so little interest. And what's it going to take to get the generalists involved, get the people in your office to come knock on your door and go, Hey, Bob, I got a client that wants to get some mining shares. You get, can you help me out a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, the longer term charts have a chance The monthly, but also the quarterly have a chance to go out looking pretty attractive here at the end right. of this month. How important is that do you think in terms of shag creating momentum for next year?
0: Sure. I think, I, I think generalists are out of this sector, right? Pretty much. Right. And, and it, funny enough, an all-time high would have created a little bit more interest in the sector, but it hasn't yet because there's been a lot of false starts and that's fine. And I always say, you know, we've got, yeah, five or six false starts. The market is programmed that the least amount of money, sorry, the least amount of people make the most amount of money. That's the way it works in the market, right? So each time that we've had a false start here, it's it stopped people from coming back in, which is, means less and less and less people are going to be the benefactors of this. Um, so when they all come in, they're all going to rush in very rapidly, and um, and and I think I think we're on the verge of that pretty soon. But it's going to take um, I, I think you know over two thousand for the quarterly. All right, it's going to take the stocks that have been the all star stocks in the U.S to start to trail off a little bit. And that's what happened in 2000. So they start to look, so they're not getting rewarded for what they've been doing in the past. They have to look and say, okay, whatever we've been doing in the past is not working anymore. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. going to work now? And then the money will start to flow. in. so I think it's two things. It's, you know, the, the technicals, the, the, the quarterly close, um, the fact that the Fed's going to be reducing interest rates, but also all these momentum traders are going to have to stop making money in what's, in what, what is easy, right? It's easy. Yeah. It's been easy to make money in seven stocks in the past uh, in the past year or or two. Those stocks have to kind of turn over and stop, and then they have to look and say, "What's the other sector?" And that's what happened back in two thousand. Um, is that the re- the sector really started to take off when when the generalists said, "Wow, okay, we got to look for a new place to make money here."
1: Do you, Do you think um, there's kind of a rotation? possibility right. the mining sector ever be looked at as like a value versus right.
0: growth so funny enough the value versus growth is this uh um, push and pull all the time so value stocks are stocks that are unloved unwanted trade at relatively low valuations high dividends low price to book all these sorts of things growth stocks are stocks that trade at 250 times earnings and are forecast to continue going up and things like that so we've had this massive growth out performance in the last few years and interestingly enough, value stocks and mining stocks are heavily correlated, heavily correlated. So I, I do think in the next decade, we're going to start to see value stocks significantly outperform growth stocks. And with that, will come the mining sector, too, um, that, that, that starts to do well.
1: Are, are you getting anybody just, I mean, anecdotally, is anybody coming down the hall there, Bob, and knocking on your door and going, hey, Bob, I got a client that wants to buy some mining shares?
0: Not yet. And that's great. I'm there you so go. happy. So happy about that, and let me give you an example. You know, it, I know it doesn't pertain to precious metals, but I was very positive on uh, uranium back in 2019, yeah. and it was kind of the same thing. Everybody's, like, you're crazy. It's done terrible. It's a terrible sector, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those stocks are are up. I mean, Cameco is up uh 400 to 500 percent since then, right? um Now I hear a lot of people. Oh, uranium! The fundamentals are fantastic. This is going to be great. And you know, I I haven't sold a lot of the stocks, but I'm thinking. Eh, I don't think i i don't think i want to own them when everybody's so excited about this sector the gold sector that i think that'll be the gold sector in three or four years right yeah what, what you was back in 2019 the biggest stock is up 400 percent i mean what are these what are yeah. these ju, junior uh gold and silver stocks going to be when when this sector really turns yeah
1: that's well, why we invest in the sector so bob is that five-year-old of yours playing t-ball yet uh, not yet. Not yet. OK, because you just put the ball right on the tee for the next question. That's why I asked. All right. Um, all right. Because that leads right into uh, your your old, you know, your proprietary deal, the mining clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would seem like the uh, the uranium sector is at 11 o'clock or something like that. Um, right. Where are where are we on the clock for the just the, the precious metals? We're still
0: about we're still about 637. Um, <laughs> but remember um that can go to 10 or 11 pretty quick I, I do think i think i do think it's going to be a push and pull so we're we're a few years until it's getting to be a euphoric market but remember that in any commodity cycle um you know there's something called Pareto's principle and that is you know the 80/20 rule right so 80% of your gains are made in the last 20% of the bull market right? yeah. if you look at any commodity um uh cycle that that's what happens so that is ahead of us definitely and Um, You know, you can't go into a severe bear market when everybody's negative, right? I mean, just mathematically, you you can't happen, right? Everybody everybody was negative at the end of 2022 on the U.S. stock market, right? Everybody. So what happened? It rallied tremendously, right? (laughs) So, um, and everybody is still very negative. I don't want to say everybody's maybe super negative on the gold sector right now. Everybody is either negative or very cautious because they've been burned. The generalists feel that they've been burned a few times which will delay them getting into the, the sector but it's like a coiled spring when they come in it'll be a flood to come in and you kind of got to be there um for before that happens to 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 get the gains
1: well and bob you've witnessed this now a few times um uh, we might as well let's draw on your experience a little bit and some wisdom that you can share to everybody that's watching um what what will be some signs that those doors are starting to open and we're ready to actually have a pretty extensive rally? And what will be some things for people to remember and keep in their mind along the way as they begin to accumulate gains?
0: Right. Uh, you know, um, Paul Wong used to be the uh, mm-hmm. chief investment strategist at Sprott. Um He used to manage the hedge fund with Eric uh, years ago. And Paul said something to me years ago, which I thought was very interesting. With regard to the gold sector? Because I asked him that question. I said, when do we want to get out? It's a cyclical sector, right? When do we want to start pairing back and, and take our profits? He said, well, you, you want to invest um, when, you know, for the Toronto Stock Exchange, for example, he said gold was about 7% of the index. And he said, you know, when, when uh, on, on historical uh, basis, mm-hmm. but he said gold was about two or 3% at, you know, at the bottom. So he said, that's when you want to invest. And he says, you want to start getting out of the sector when the average investor has about a market weight in gold, so it, it, the okay. TSX. So in other words, if the if the gold stocks, you know, represent ten percent of the of the uh, sector. Uh, sorry, of the of the market, and the generalist investors have about a market weight in gold. He said you, you should be getting out because the generalist investor is never going to be overweight in gold, generally yeah. speaking, yeah. right? So yeah. he said if if they're pushing that market weight, it's it's kind of time to start getting out now. At this particular time, I don't know what percent of the TSX that the gold sector is, but generalist investors are almost zero. Yeah, it's not much. Very, very low. But that that's a good point because when they all start piling in and they get up to that market weight, you should be saying, okay, maybe it's time to rotate out of the sector. But we're,
1: we're, we're years off of that. What about the juniors? You know, Eric uh, taught me something I'd never really thought of. It's kind of counterintuitive. But he said, you know what you got to do. You know, if you have got a basket of them, you know, when you get a winner, that's when you want it. You know, you're on a hot table. You want to start kind of pressing your bets. And I think it's kind of counterintuitive. A lot of people think when you get a winner, you're like, "Well, I'll take out three quarters of my money and just leave in this." But that also applies, I would think, to when you get losers, right? You have to. Right.
0: Well, yeah, you got to you got you can't let emotions get involved, and and uh, you got to be a bit sociopathic and say motions don't come into play in my decisions right you gotta you gotta you gotta kind of be like that um and and that's a good point what eric has said because yes let's just think of this mathematically let's say that you sell your winners right and you hold yeah. on to your losers that's what most people do they sell their winners because they say oh i've made a profit and you hold on to your losers because you're like my my, my cost is a dollar and i'm just going to wait for it to get back to that dollar I, you know that's an emotional decision that you don't want to a, a loss aversion right you don't want to take a loss because if you take a loss that means you failed you right? it people, people don't want to admit that they failed so 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 mathematically if you sell your winners and you hold on to your losers what do you have you have a portfolio full of losers <laughs> right <laughs> exactly so so you, you kind of scratch it and say why do I want a portfolio full of losers you don't right you got to sell the losers if it's not working and and stick with the winners but you know I think what's important in this industry on the juniors and maybe I'll just mention you know there's been two reasons why people are so depressed in this industry you know gold's up 11 it should be a great year Right? But the juniors are, are have been terrible. There's two reasons for that. One is because the generalists haven't come in. People don't believe. Uh, another reason is the regulatory environment is 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 more difficult for people to buy into these stocks. Something that Eric's talked about is the heavy short selling um, in these stocks for, for short-term gains that have happened. And that, that's something that's held the sector down. Uh, but a big one is small caps in general are just terrible. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's oil or biotech. Mm-hmm or whatever the case is, people aren't investing in small caps. So there's been a few things that have that have gone against us there, but we have something in this sector that is different than other sectors. And, and that's something I think that is important in the junior space because a lot of people that listen to this video are in, in the junior stocks. And <clears throat> we have a, an industry that's full of binary outcomes. And what do I mean by binary outcome? It either goes up 10 times or it goes to zero, right? Yeah. And, and, and there's going to be a lot to go to zero. So I just want to mention to people, just be cautious with, with the juniors, have a portfolio of juniors, a bunch of them. And Eric said that when I when I wrote the book, he says, I got 10 or 12 or 15 stocks that I buy that I think are all going to be great. And three of them actually turn out well. Yeah. And then that, those are all my gains. And then the, and uh, some of the others go to zero. So remember that, you know, gold could go to three thousand dollars in the next couple of years. Uh, but if you have a junior. That it fails and doesn't find the gold that they think they're going to find or the silver, or their mine doesn't get into production, that stock's going to zero or close to it, and that would be a shame to go through this pain and and miss out on on, on the big gains because your stock went to to zero yeah. with the binary outcomes. Yeah. So so that that's something that I want to want to mention to people. Just make sure you harness um, you know the gains in the sector that I think are going to be there in the next little while, and uh, and try not to have too many binary outcomes.
1: Sociopathic investing with Bob Thompson. I like. That. <laughs> um, all right, and 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 I want to announce. There's been a Christmas miracle. I've actually remembered the question that I thought of when I was introducing this segment, and so <laughs> while I've remembered it, I better ask you. Or I'll forget again. Okay. Um, we're recording this on the 14th of December. Uh, th- we're toward the end, at least in my experience, of the tax loss selling mm-hmm. in the mining shares. Yeah. Um. What has been your experience with that? Does it usually wrap up before Christmas? That sort of thing.
0: So interesting on the small cap side, just small caps in general, um, forgetting about the mining shares. um, I read it. I read a stat the other day that for 33 years from the last two weeks of December, the small cap, I mean, small cap junior market has gone up every year, 33 Mm -hmm. years Um, except for one who was minus 0.9% or something. So, Uh, that's interesting. So, and and a lot of that's due to the tax loss selling. You know, I think the tax loss selling has held things down this year. But I, I don't know. I, I haven't noticed it that bad in the gold sector as bad as I thought. And I think because one of the reasons was twenty twenty two is so horrific. Right? That was that was huge tax loss selling. And yeah. I don't think people have a lot of gains in the sector right now that they have to offset. So yeah. I, interestingly enough, I don't know if it's been. I think it's been a little more muted. Than, than than I would have thought. Um, however, having said that you know people are gonna wait till these last two weeks of December to actually start to make their purchases and yeah. I think that we're gonna see some 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 you know pretty magnificent gains going going into January. Um, everything is so macro now though unfortunately that you know you could have some fed speaker come out tomorrow and be all hawkish again and then people actually believe them and then and then, and then we get a big sell-off again right so um, so I, so I think that's important. You know, I, I think gold will 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 go to where we think it's going to go, but it's going to be managed to get there. Right? It's, gonna, it's nothing's easy. Nothing's ever easy. In <laughs> it's going to be managed to get there. And I think the stocks will get to where we want them to be too, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be managed. No, yeah. Nothing in life. What did we learn when we were in kindergarten? Nothing in life that's worthwhile is easy. Right right that's,
1: that's good That's point. Where we learn that's so a good point.
0: there's no free lunch so you got to put in the time you got to put in the pain if you want to gain and and the, this sector obviously is is representative of that
1: well it's going to be an interesting year ahead there's no doubt about that um this is like forecasting the weather it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen but it's certainly as we wrap up this year it looks like we're going to take some momentum into next um, right, right. bob for people that want to get in touch with you i think you're always willing to give out your email address, but also tell them about uh, your own newsletter that you call the gold digger.
0: Sure. We deal a lot with, uh, with mining executives. Um, Not all our clientele, we've got lots of clientele, but there's a subgroup of of mining executives. And uh, we do this publication called the gold digger, which talks um, a lot about really current ideas in, in the gold sector. We always have a chart of the month, which is very important. You know, we talk about, uh, financial planning things too about building that family legacy about you know how in the mining sector in the cycle you can you can do extremely well in the cycle but you gotta you know diversify out of it preserve your capital um, maybe sell the stocks buy gold right at, at various at various times and uh, you know it's called the gold digger and it comes out once a month and it's uh, it's it's pretty popular so it's you, you can email us at Thompson Investments at raymondjames.ca Thompson Investments at raymondjames.ca and you know my, my team will put you on that uh, list
1: it cost anything
0: it doesn't it doesn't it's, we just we just do it that? as a service we do it as a service to to the industry
1: really so again the gift that keeps giving the whole <laughs> year clark uh right. Bob, Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great holiday season and uh, Happy New Year and all that stuff. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again in 2024. That's for sure.
0: Fantastic, Craig. And let's have a great uh, couple of weeks off here.
1: Let's do. And uh, again, on your way out, please uh, keep an eye on this channel. We might have some special surprises coming up still later on this month that you're going to want to listen to. And be sure to thank Sprott Money by either visiting SprottMoney.com and picking up some physical metal, or just giving a like or subscribe to to whatever channel you're watching this on, because that really helps them spread the word too. But for now, it's time to go. Thanks again to Bob Thompson, who is the Senior Portfolio Manager at Raymond James in Vancouver. And thanks again for watching. Again, keep an eye on this channel. We'll have some more content for you before the end of the year, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon.